0: Today, I am so excited to welcome Jenzea. She is a mama, teacher, and holistic marketing coach. As the founder of JD Teacherpreneur Marketing, she helps ambitious course creators, service providers, and coaches amplify lead generation, grow their email lists, and ultimately make more money by creating strategic, holistic marketing plans specific for their unique business. Thank you so much for being here. We just spent 30 minutes chatting. so we- <laughs>
1: He talked so much before hitting record. Oh my goodness.
0: So we are good friends, business friends, and it's been a lot of fun to get to know you and learn more about your business. But for everybody else on the podcast, why don't you share a little bit more about you and what inspired you to start your business?
1: So I actually started my business back in 2013. I was living in Taiwan and I did it just because like I could, it was, I was uploading teacher resources to this website, similar to Etsy called teachers pay teachers. And just like I said, cause I could, I had no reason that I remember. And when I had my son in 2019, I was like lost. I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know how to be a mom. And somebody said, you should like, put some more time and energy into your business. And over that six years had done some stuff-ish. But in 2019 is really when I made a conscious effort and it gave me myself back and it gave me, let me figure out who I was as a mom and who I was as a human. And the nap times became like fulfilling instead of just like, waiting for him to wake up, right? So if you're a mama out there listening, you're nodding your head. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a lot of waiting games that are happening when you have a little baby. So anyway, in 2020, I found Facebook ads and I started helping teacher business owners run Facebook ads for their businesses. And that is where my business is today. I primarily am a Facebook ad strategist. And then I also help business owners create strategic marketing plans that fit their business because I don't believe that marketing is cookie cutter. It definitely has to fit who you are as a person and your business and your audience. So that's a little walkthrough of my journey and yeah. I love
0: that. I love that. I think that's such a great space being both the kind of the teacher clients and the mom clients and there's certainly a big need there for everybody. But Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit more about Facebook ads because initially that is very overwhelming and intimidating to me. If you were to give someone a place to start for Facebook ads, what would you recommend?
1: So the first ad that I recommend people start running is a list building or lead generation ad. Because typically they are low cost and you almost immediately start to see a return on your investment in the form of new subscribers onto your email list. So there isn't necessarily a financial return, but these kind of ads are a little bit easier to optimize, a little bit easier to get working. There's fewer moving parts and it can take a lot of the stress out. And you can start running them sooner in your business than like a launch ad or sales retargeting ads, something like that, which might have more of a financial return on them, but are much more challenging to get right. And because so many people find Facebook ads overwhelming and challenging and like they're never going to get them list building or lead generation ads are a really great place to start to build that confidence and to actually see some results.
0: That's such good advice because I remember... When I first started my business, I think like maybe two or three months in, I was like, oh, this is something I should do. And I think I was paying like four cents. It was like an absurdly low $50 max. So nothing happened with it, but it was still nice to just play around with it as well and get used to it. So I think that's great advice for people who are maybe intimidated. And
1: I recommend too, when you're first starting out, to try and take baby steps. And so the first time pick, however, you're going to run the ads based on where you're getting your information. And then the next time you can try something different, or once you get comfortable, then you can try something different and you don't have to, in fact, I would never recommend you spending like a thousand dollars a day to start, right? Like you're starting at $25 Mm -hmm. a day and just accepting that's kind of part of the cost of learning. Um, But you have to market your business, right? And so choosing to spend time or money on your business is a non-negotiable, right? Like you have to put that either time or money into your business. And so if you choose to invest in Facebook ads, accepting that you're investing that money and the return will come, uh, but it can take just some time to get comfortable and to learn and to figure things out. But just knowing that's part of the process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you've been in your business for a while. And when we were preparing for this conversation, we talked about work-life balance and that you've been focusing more on that. So what does that look like
1: for you? Yeah, I now have two little ones. They're two and a half and three and a half. So they're only 14 months apart. And so when I really started jumping into my business, I had, he was six months old, my son. And so the life of a six month old versus two and a half and three and a half year olds (laughs) is very different. He was on a very predictable nap schedule where I knew I could get about an hour and a half in the morning and then about two to three hours in the afternoon. And then he went to bed and I could work a little bit. I also didn't have clients back then. So if there was Mm -hmm. a day that I was feeling tired or sick or whatever, I just didn't have to work. Whereas now (laughs) my son doesn't take naps at all anymore. And my daughter is getting to that age where she's thinking about dropping that afternoon nap and there's a very different amount of time that I can can work. Now I'm very fortunate that my husband is home Monday through Thursday and he takes the kids and I do get focused work time. But when you talk about the word balance and this is what really helps me, I don't think about in everything needs to be equal. Mm-hmm. There are days when I pick work over my kids. And I feel guilty because of that. But then there's other days that I pick my kids over work. And I also feel really guilty about that. And so balance in my life today right now is understanding that there's always going to be a priority and just trying to across like a week span, give all of the things that are important to me the time and energy that they deserve and being fully present in those moments. And so some days that means I'm working my business like six hours and I only get two hours with my kids, but then there's other days where it's flipped, where I'm six hours Mm -hmm. with my kids and two hours in my business. But those, that time that I have with my kids is a hundred percent with my kids. And the time in my business is a hundred percent in my business. And just really being focused, I compared it to if you're out with, this is such a crazy, like strange connection, but follow me here. (laughs) If you're out with a group of friends and it's your turn to pay, or you feel like it's your turn to pay, you pay for everyone. And then the next time someone else goes, Oh, I got the bill. You don't feel like, Oh, that's not fair. You can't pay for me. Right? No, I paid last time you pay this time next Mm -hmm. person pays. Right. And each time somebody picks up the bill and nobody's like, keeping tabs like oh Gen Zaya paid 4732 and Chelsea paid 82 91 or whatever nobody's actually tracking but we all have this like mental in our head okay it's probably my turn to pay this time. Right. And so with my business, it's a little bit like that same balancing game of, okay, like I probably owe a bit of time to my kids (laughs) or like, I probably owe a bit of time to my husband or whatever it might be, but just trying to, it's not equal. I'm not keeping actual tabs, but like in my head, just like feeling out and nobody can see me, but I'm using my hands as like levers here, like up and down of (laughs) which one, Where does it need my time? So that's like work-life balancing quotations right now for me.
0: Yeah. No, that's, and I think balance is such a tricky word there because it's exactly to your point. Balance does not mean equal. It (sighs) does not, and especially not on a day-to-day basis. I actually, you know, like I had a conversation with my husband the other weekend about, okay, what nights can I work that makes sense for your schedule so that we can maximize- the nights that I'm not going to be working. He's super supportive. And I seem to feel, feel very blessed that he is such a supportive spouse, but it's about being proactive. In those conversations as your business has grown, have you implemented any systems to help keep you more focused Asana. while you're
1: yeah. Asana's Asana's like a my life favor. Oh my goodness. The recurring tasks in mm-hmm. a song and like being able to Tell it to repeat the same thing either every day or once a week or whatever it is, is possibly the only thing that keeps my brain like going. (laughs) If a client asks me to do something with a campaign and I don't put it in a sauna, then I'm in trouble. So using Asana has been, I've said Asana like 17,000 times now, and it's starting to sound weird in my mouth, but using that has been like life-changing for me where I've been able to keep up with all the things and do different tasks at the right times, like scrubbing my email list. If it weren't in there, I probably would do it once a year, but because it's in there, I do it quarterly. And so I think that's the biggest one. And then I use Dubsado and it has Mm -hmm. workflows. And that's also huge of just having a system and a workflow that automatically sends my clients emails and that I don't even need to really think about. That's another big one.
0: Yeah. Was it hard for you to get Dubsado and Asana set up? Because I feel like that's the hurdle or people will... Spend a lot of time getting all those things set up and then abandon them and not keep up with using the tools.
1: Has that I, ever been so Dubsado wasn't so bad because it has the integrated like invoicing, proposals, contracts, all of those pieces. And so I felt like from a legal standpoint and from a I want to get paid standpoint. I had to get those things in place really quickly. So I just created the emails and kind of went with it. Asana on the other hand, I started using it and then I stopped and then I tried mm-hmm. ClickUp. and I tried Monday and I tried Trello and I tried Asana again and I tried ClickUp and everyone raves about ClickUp. So I thought I have to make ClickUp work and I couldn't make it work it work. And I tried Airtable and I went back to Asana (laughs) and I just kept going back to Asana. There was something about it that just works for my brain. And so I slowly, each time I went back, I built a little bit more on it until there was, I guess, enough there that it was, okay, this is what we're doing. And now it's a pinned tab in my browser that never close. It's the first thing I look at when I start my day. It's the last thing I look at before I shut down. It is what keeps my business running. So, yes, it took a while to get that one going, but once I finally was there, it didn't seem hard once I de- finally decided we're doing this. Yeah. I
0: think that's what's so important about all of those tools because they're all good. I saw ClickUp, mm-hmm. Monday, Trello, they're all good. They all have similar functionalities, although they may look a little bit different. Really the, the key point is picking one and sticking with it and yes. dedicating the time to build it up, tweaking it, figuring out what's going to work, what's going to flow. And like just the commitment to the tool is such an important step there. Cause otherwise exactly like you said, you're going to be bouncing from tool to tool, or you're going to spend a lot of time setting it all up and then abandon it, which is my move. That's like my go-to move. My Asana right now has probably 400 overdue tasks because I mm-hmm. set it all up. And I'm just such a paper pen person that I struggle to maintain it at, or like proactively be putting tasks in. Mm-hmm. So I really like it for launches or long-term projects where I'm mapping out something that's gonna take a long time or months to do mm, yeah, because, yeah, then yeah. It, because it prompts me to get started which is harder to do when you're using like a paper and pen to-do list.
1: That makes sense. One of the things that I've in the long-term launch kind of thing, I created templates and now I don't Mm -hmm. have the paid version. They're in the paid version. There's official templates, but you can very easily duplicate tasks in Asana. And so I've created tasks that when a client, when they send me a new campaign, I duplicate it. And that's been really great because, if I'm going through the process and I create new campaigns like at least once a week, so as I'm going through the process, I add something in. Recently, with all of the Halloween campaigns that I've been getting, because my audience yeah. is teachers, right? So, Halloween's a big seasonal thing, but they all want the campaign to end on Halloween, and so I added in a subtask of campaign end date, which is something that in the past has been a struggle, and I didn't ever think to add in a reminder of campaign needs to end today and so now that's in there in the template and so every time I duplicate and sometimes it's relevant and sometimes it's not it's there now and that's what I really like about those templates is every time you go through it every time you launch or every time you create a new campaign or every time you do whatever that task is you duplicate it and you can add in those missing pieces and so over time it just gets to be more and more customized more and more relevant and less thinking and less brain power is required, which is so cool. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think what's also nice about Asana too, what I was using it is capturing ideas because you don't necessarily have to make it a task and you can have the different projects. So I actually had one where I was just dumping in blog ideas or Instagram post ideas and not assigning a due date to them or anything. So they weren't popping up anywhere, but just to have a place to keep all of those things digitally mm-hmm. was also really helpful and, and it, making me want to restart my Asana.
1: Again. <laughs> it's like every time someone talks to me about, about ClickUp, I think, okay, go back to ClickUp and they're raving about it, but and there is literally one view in Asana that I can't seem to replicate in ClickUp and my brain just shuts down. Nope. You can't get that view for whatever reason you need to stay in Asana. So if, and I couldn't even tell you what view it is right now off the top of my head, but every time I talk to someone about ClickUp, I feel exactly how you're feeling right now. Oh, I have to go and revive it and try.
0: Yeah. I just listened to this great podcast. This person was talking about how ClickUp has all these like integrations with it and it can send out stuff.
1: I don't, I haven't. ClickUp has been, some fans. I don't know what to call them, but they are loyal and they rave about ClickUp. Like, rave. People who like ClickUp love ClickUp, which is so cool to see, right? Yeah. So cool to see. Doesn't Uh, work right now.
0: Yeah. I think whatever system you're using, I think we tend to be diehard about it, right? Mm -hmm. That's what's fun about, especially if you are a productivity to-do list person, right? If you enjoy those things. And I feel like we have a tendency to just (laughs) be diehard fans, you know, even like the paper planners, we were talking about a couple different paper planners that we like before we hit record. And there's like the happy planner, which the sticky tapes. And I used to do that. I loved it. So creatures of habit, creatures of habit. habit. Yeah. And I think the beauty of it is that you can, there's so many options. So you can find something that works for you and um, stick, you know, again. Stick with it, whatever you do, just choose it and stick with it so that you can really see the benefit of it that comes with that repetition and that experience with the tool.
1: I think that's what you just said there though, is the key is that the repetition and sticking with it and really letting it like come to fruition, come and like actually, because if you switch and switch and flip, you're never going to get the full value of whatever it is. And whether that is your productivity, your organization, or it's something else. But I think that's huge in life. Of Sometimes we just don't stick to things long enough to give yeah. them time to really start to work for us. And we just, in the, the world, it goes so fast and the instant gratification that we get from social media and video games and Netflix, right? Sticking with something, giving it that time. I don't want to tell people to be like miserable. If, sure. If you're miserable, or for me, like going to ClickUp, going to Trello, going to Monday.com, and then knowing it just wasn't working and going back to Asana, I think that's okay to experiment and figure it out. But once you find the one that you're okay, this is the best of whatever the options. I did the same thing with Honeybook and Dubsado, I tried them both. And Dubsado had a couple of features because I'm in Canada. So it had some features around being able to charge clients in US versus Canadian that HoneyBook just didn't have. So it was an easier choice, but I did the same thing of, and then I just stuck to it. This is the one I have to pick, right? This is where I'm going. And I think that's really important. I think it's also cheaper if you're, I don't pay for Asana, but Mm -hmm. with HoneyBook and Dubsado, if you're flipping between the two or like course platforms, like, Kartra and Kajabi and I can't think of any other think mm-hmm. and all of them. If you're flipping between all of them, you're not going to get the most of any of the platforms because you don't really ever learn all about them. But you're also paying a lot of money to try out yeah. these different pieces.
0: Yeah. It's also a form of procrastination. Oh. To some extent, too. Because you're yeah. being that indecisiveness can because you're just you're either you're nervous about committing to it or it's easier to do the research and the experimentation rather than like the work that you actually have to do within it. So yes, I completely agree. We don't want it to be miserable. We also don't want it to be a tool that you need to then ad hoc other things into it to get it to work the way you want it to. But if you are just trying them all because and if you ask yourself why and you don't have a good answer, it may be because you're just procrastinating because it's more fun to do the research. Similarly, similarly for myself, I know that I will spend a lot of time setting up a tool like Asana or a tool like ClickUp because I like the planning part of it. And then the execution is the harder part of it, right? Like the, the maintenance is much harder to do for me. So just be aware of that too.
1: Interesting. Such an interesting point. So
0: just be aware of that, right? If you, we encourage you to try, I encourage people to find systems and tools that are going to work for them, but give yourself a time limit to decide, try all the free versions for a week and then pick your favorite and commit to it because otherwise you could be, you know, you're going to be jumping around and end up just procrastinating the actual work that you have to do we all operated in our business or businesses operated in general without these tools. So Mm -hmm. they're not a necessity in order to do your work there, but they can be incredibly powerful and incredibly helpful if you can stick with it.
1: You just said something that I've started doing a lot more of asking myself why I'm doing something. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's really, (laughs) there's been some hard learning moments recently because of it. But I think it's a really important question, especially if you find yourself in a pattern. If like you are spending months and months trying to decide on your brand colors and then are you going to have a blog or a podcast or video or podcast or video or blog or podcast, right? And then the next thing is the tools. And then what calendar am I going to use? And and flipping and flipping and trying to getting in and figuring out like, why is this happening? And trying to break the pattern. Yeah. So,
0: how I define productivity is working on the right thing at the right time to help you reach your goals. Ooh. So, you can be productive, in quotes, all day if you are clicking around, again, experimenting with different things or adjusting the brand colors, like you said, right? That can feel productive because they are tasks that you can then cross off your to do list. But at the end of the day, adjusting your brand colors. What goal is that helping you reach? Probably not your monetary or financial goals because no one's paying you based on the color of your website. It's really about catching yourself so that you can stay productive towards your goals, stay productive and working towards something that you're ultimately need rather than just this other kind of busy work that feels good because you can cross it off your to-do
1: list. And it, you nailed it on the head there that feels productive, but knowing your, and because my business is going through a little shift right now, I have been really working on these things, but knowing your vision and your mission and your values and your goals is huge because that will drive everything else that you're doing and you can filter things through the, is this bringing me closer to my goals? Is it bringing me closer to my mission? Is it bringing me closer to my like overarching life vision that I want to create?
0: Yeah. And that is a good exercise to do. That is an actual productive goal aligned exercise to do. And then the trick is print it out or write it out and keep it somewhere that you can reference it because otherwise it's just becomes this other thing that sits on a shelf somewhere and you can get, it can get lost in the day-to-day work that we all have to do in the rush of life. So I love that. I think it's so important because you can forget, especially if you've been in business for a little while, coming back to that why it's okay that your business has changed. Like it's okay. That's good, right? We want to see growth. We want to see things move along and adapt and you're going to find new things that you're really good at and really passionate about and your clients are going to ask for different things. So it's amazing to see that change in business, but then making sure that we re- revisit that mission and vision so that those things are still aligned. Can yes. be really, really powerful.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a normal part of business shift and to grow and to the overused word of 2020, but pivot your business <laughs> and to like just grow really. But I also think it's really scary and that there can be almost like shame put on people for pivoting or changing. And I just want to say, no, it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. And- yeah, but caveat here, if you are pivoting your business, changing your business every three months, every six months, this could be another procrastination that you're right. doing, and not so much productive and aligned dream following. <laughs> so yet another one of those asking yourself why you're doing it,
0: yeah, that's such a good point. I, like I I resonate strongly with the feeling guilty or shame about changing direction or changing business. That was something I really struggled with at the beginning too. Same thing, highly encourage people. It's okay. No one's paying more attention than you are. I see that quite often.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so true.
0: (laughs) But we also want to check ourselves when we're just being distracted by the next shiny object, by the next new thing that sounds exciting versus Again, look, coming back to the why, coming back to the mission and vision of why we're started our business in the first place, because being a business owner is hard and scary and it's, we chose it for a big why. So we have mm-hmm. to remember that
1: cool That's one of the first things I do with my clients too, is talk about mission, vision, values, like all of that fundamental work when we're creating a marketing plan. And then mm-hmm. also to talk about it from a productivity standpoint, And my business coach had me do it. And we're talking about content planning specifically. That's kind of a piece of marketing, but it's a different spin. And her first request was, okay, what is your mission value? All of those pieces. And so revisiting that can be helpful in so many different avenues of your business.
0: Yeah. I didn't even think about the content and marketing strategy behind that too. That's really good. Let's actually, let's talk a little bit more about what you do with your clients coming back. <laughs> I <laughs> go first. deep into the productivity piece of it, but what does working with
1: you look like to create Facebook ads or and marketing? So there's oh. two avenues that I work with people. Okay. The first one is Facebook ads and I run people's, I do the strategy, the creation, the implementation, the management of Facebook ads. So I take it completely off of your plate and can run list building ads. I do launches with my clients, visibility ads, nurture ads. So all encompassing. And then the second way that I work with people is creating marketing strategies. And these are more holistic view. So not just Facebook ads, but how can you use content marketing, email marketing, building your community together to create a strategic marketing plan that's going to take your business moving it forward. And like from wherever you are to that next step in that next step might be adding in ads or collaborations or whatever it might be for your business, but making an actual plan. So those are the kind of two ways that I work with people.
0: Okay. I know your ideal client are teachers, but are these teachers in any specific niche or do you really work with product and service-based folks?
1: Yeah, most of my clients have courses and memberships. Okay, great. And also sell digital products. So they have a two sides to their business as well, but more... All of my clients, I think, have a course or membership, and then I'd say about half of them also sell digital products. Yeah, nice. um, but yeah, not really. I wouldn't say I, I niche down from teachers. I think it's just teacher business owners is who I work with, and I love that. Like I'm a teacher in the classroom one day a week, and so I know. And I had those businesses, right? I had a course for teachers. I've had the product-based business for teachers. So I very like intimately know those businesses and it really helps with the like tiny details of marketing, right? If you were to get me into real estate, I could help a real estate agent. I could, but I don't know the intricacies of that business yeah. the same way, and I and I love supporting teachers because they just have huge hearts, and it's really important for teachers to make an impact in their classroom and outside of their classroom. And so, typically, their values are very much in line with my values, and we can just like nerd out about all things teaching. That's awesome. So that came about,
0: yeah, yeah. I love seeing teachers in the entrepreneurial space because they are. They're really good coaches. They're really good you know, in supporting their clients. So I love that. That's awesome. All right. We are going to start wrapping up with some rapid fire questions and then I'll have you tell everyone where they can find you to learn more about you. Are you a morning person or a night person? Night person. No question
1: <laughs> about it. <laughs> mornings are not, I do not do mornings at all.
0: Okay. That makes sense because we started recording at eight o'clock. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and this is like a normal work block for me I was like oh yeah, perfect
0: I love it I love it I'm awake let's do it pen and
1: paper or all digital like both yeah I will write all kinds of notes and stuff and I have to handwrite them but then I will transcribe it to digital and this is like from forever I remember in university handwriting essays and then typing them out <laughs> because I learned the really hard way that if I just typed it out, it didn't make sense. And I would end up like rewriting it as I was editing it. But yeah, so paper first, and then we go digital.
0: Yep, I love that. Actually, it's so funny you say that because I'm writing a report for one of my clients, one of my nonprofit clients, and I like dumped a bunch of stuff onto a piece of paper, like an outline, essentially, Mm -hmm. like brain dumped an outline and then printed it out. And I'm now writing and filling in all the other pieces of it because I can't, same thing. I like, don't think as well typing as I do writing.
1: All right. And what is your favorite way to relax? Or my children aren't screaming. <laughs> 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 oh man. Grocery shopping came to mind first, but then second, a good book. I do okay. love reading. So yeah. Have you ever reading anything fun recently? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, too much is going on. I read a bunch over the summer, some really uh, racy, if you will, I like novels, those ones love that are it. like girl meets guy who's detective, who also knows history about, you know, those ones, you know, yep end up in the oh we're from the same hometown but we would never met before or whatever like those ridiculous ones but they were perfect because they're easy reads and mindless and we were on vacation and so it was perfect to just like pick up and if I somehow missed a couple pages like I'm not actually missing anything. yeah we need a, everybody needs a little escapism
0: every now and then you know it's good for the soul good for the soul <laughs> <laughs> Where could everybody learn more about you or could they work with you, especially if they're interested in starting Facebook ads or marketing strategies?
1: So the best place to find me is my podcast. It's called Market Scale Grow. It's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then I love hanging out on Instagram. I'm at Hey, It's Gen Zaya and you can definitely find me there too.
0: Wonderful. And I'll be in the show notes, but this has been so fun. Like I said, we may have to do a part two because (laughs) we talked so much in the beginning but this has been wonderful and thank you so much for being here tonight and I definitely recommend that everybody check you out
1: thank you so much for having me it was so much fun chatting
0: thank you for enjoying another episode of from overwhelmed to under control I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on instagram at chelsea and coaching I look forward to talking to you soon